Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Perhaps you've heard these words before. Perhaps you've said these words before. Perhaps they've been said to you. They're usually said when someone is going through a particularly challenging time, a difficult season in life where it seems one impossible thing seems to happen one after another, whether it's physically or or spiritually or emotionally. And when these words are spoken, the person saying them truly does mean well. I'm sure I've said them before at various times, trying to bring some comfort to a brother or sister in Christ. The words, God never gives you more than you can handle. And it sounds right, doesn't it? At least at first. As Christians, we know very well God's abounding mercy and grace and love, and we know that He is our Heavenly Father who desires all good things for us, His children. We know that He has given us His Son, Jesus Christ, so that we never have to be separated from Him or His love for all eternity. So naturally to us, it seems to make sense that God wouldn't give us more than we can handle. But the thing is, while it sounds good, While we might find it inspirational when it's posted on Facebook or Instagram, in the end, it's not biblical. Nowhere has God inspired those words to be written in Scripture. In fact, the closest thing you'll find and what most people reference as the basis for this phrase is actually found in our epistle reading today, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, which says... No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, that with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Okay, so not the same, but pretty close, right? He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Is that the same thing as saying, God never gives you more than you can handle? Well, no, it's not. And when we take a closer look at what the Apostle Paul was telling the Corinthians when he was writing those words inspired by the Holy Spirit, we will see that more clearly. The Apostle Paul in our epistle reading today has just finished recounting some of the most infamous deeds of the Israelites from the Old Testament. That even though they were the ones who were baptized in the, in the cloud, the, the cloud of God's presence that led them through the wilderness and, and descended upon them at Mount Sinai. And they were the ones baptized in the waters of the Red Sea as, as God led them safely through that danger and into salvation. And even though they were the ones who were physically and spiritually fed by Christ himself, Paul says, with the food and the drink that God provided them in the wilderness, even despite all that God was faithful to do for them, they still strayed. They still rebelled. They still fell into idolatry, the worship of other gods. And you see what Paul is doing there, don't you? He's comparing us Christians to the Israelites. Christians are baptized. 
Christians are physically and spiritually fed by Christ himself through word and sacrament. God is faithful to us. And yet, how often do we stray? How often do we rebel? The Corinthians, the ones to whom Paul was writing, they were doing just that. That's why Paul was writing them in the first place, addressing all the problems that were going on in Corinth. You see, the Corinthians knew full well that on account of Christ, they were free. And that's right. Christ has set us free. He has set us free from our debt of sin, from death, from our enemies, from the devil himself. And so we are to use our Christian freedom in love and service toward our neighbor. But the Corinthians weren't doing that. And that's what Paul was telling them. They were baptized children of God. They were nourished by the body and blood of Christ. But they were using their freedom to do whatever it was they wanted to do. If you read through Paul's letter, you find that the Corinthians, because they thought they were free, well, then they thought they were free to cause divisions in the church. That they were free to marry whomever they wanted, even family members, or not marry at all and so defile their bodies physically. That they were free to sue and countersue fellow believers in the church, that they were free to partake of food offered to idols. All of these things they did, all in the name of so-called freedom. But Paul warns them, and he warns them using Israel and, and how they should be considering Israel as an example for their instruction. And if God had righteously judged Israel in the wilderness, if 23,000 fell in a single day, well, then they should take care not to think that God wouldn't righteously also judge them. Paul says, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. It's a warning and it's a serious warning. You see, the problem with the phrase, God never gives you more than you can handle, is that it assumes that you are able to handle anything and everything in this life. And that's just not true. We are sinful, fallen people. And we live in a sinful and fallen world. And so it means two things. It means that we are both perpetrators of sin, and it means that we are also victims of sin. First, it means that just like Israel, just like the church in Corinth, we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have been given everything that we need of both body and soul, and yet so often we fall. So often we turn something other than God into our God. So often we fear, love, and trust in something more than him. We might not be doing the same things as Israel once did. I I haven't heard of anyone making a golden calf lately. But then again, how many of us have grumbled against God or thought that we had a better plan than he does? And we might not be doing the same things as the Corinthians did. I haven't heard of anyone eating food sacrificed to idols lately. But then again, how many of us have abused our own Christian freedom to do whatever it is we wanted to do as opposed to asking what's best for my neighbor? We are perpetrators of sin. And we are also victims of sin. 
That simply goes hand in hand with living in this fallen world. And whether we like it or not, people will sin against us. They will fail to properly love and serve us. And what's more, this whole creation is at odds with humanity. Ever since the curse against Adam in the garden, this is a dangerous world. And our lives are never truly safe. No matter how much we try to pursue safety and reduce risk, it will always be full of danger and disease and hatred and conflicts and war. It will always be full of death. Our loved ones still die. We will all die. And death has a perfect track record. So to say that God never gives us more than we can handle, especially saying that to someone who may be currently feeling the weight of the world upon their shoulders, it's not only not true, but it also can be quite counterproductive. Because it can make a person feel like, well, I should be able to handle this. And, and since I can't or since I don't feel like I can, well, then there must be something wrong with me. But there's so much in this world and in, in our lives and, and even in our own hearts that we cannot handle and that we choose not to handle on a daily basis. And if we think for a moment that we can handle it all, well, then we ought to listen to the Apostle Paul who says that we ought to take heed lest we fall. That was Paul's warnings, warning to the Corinthians, and that's the Holy Spirit's warning to us today. So where does this leave us? It doesn't seem to leave us in a very hopeful place, does it? After all, if we have more than we can handle in this world, then what hope do we have? Well, we return again to our epistle reading today, which says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. God is faithful. You've probably guessed by the title of my sermon today that it, it's not that God never gives you more than you can handle. Rather, it's that God never gives you more than he can handle. And as Paul writes, he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Paul is saying that with every temptation, we are given the ability to avoid falling into sin. We know the Holy Spirit is at work within us, and so he has given us the tools, the, the armor of God and an invitation to pray and his word, the things necessary to do combat with the devil and our own sinful flesh in our lives. We do live sanctified lives guided by the Holy Spirit, and he does give us the strength and the ability to do things beyond what we would otherwise be capable of doing. And as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead us, God, not into temptation. But does that mean that we will always be able to avoid falling into sin? Or does that mean that even on our best days, that sin no longer lurks within our own hearts? 
that we don't always need to be taking heed lest we fall with pride, that there won't be days where in life we can't handle everything thrown our way, that we won't go through at times patches of wilderness in our lives where we find ourselves overtaken by sin, either our own sin or the sin of others against us, or that we won't feel completely overwhelmed by the fallenness of this world on account of sin and death. But Paul says, no, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. In other words, we shouldn't be surprised when we face trial and temptation in our lives because after all, this doesn't surprise God. But more importantly, what Paul says is that in our trial and temptation, God is faithful. Paul doesn't write, we are faithful. He's not saying, well, you ought to be faithful or else. No, he reminds us that God is faithful. And so while he will not let us be tempted beyond our ability with every temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God will provide you the way of escape by providing you strength in the Holy Spirit. But we also must remember that inevitably, because we are sinful and unclean, that we will sometimes ignore the strength we have been given. That we will fall, just like Israel fell, just like the Corinthians fell. But when we do fall, We remember that God is faithful, even when we are not. And because God is faithful, he will provide the way of escape, either providing us the the strength to escape the temptation and therefore we endure it, or by providing us the one who takes away our guilt and shame for when we do fall into temptation. You see, God provides us his own son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus did not come into this world to be our Savior because he already knew we could handle everything. No, Jesus came into this world to be our Savior because he knew we couldn't handle everything. We can't handle temptation on our own. We can't handle sin. We certainly can't handle death. We would be lost under the righteous condemnations of uh, righteous condemnation of God, we would be the ones scattered in the wilderness. We would die and we would never live again. This is where we would be without Jesus. But you see, that's not what God wanted. And so that's not what God did. It was all more than we could handle. And so that's why God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to handle it all for us. Jesus battled the devil. Jesus faced down temptation. Jesus knows what it's like to struggle against temptation, but he did so without sin. Jesus fulfilled all righteousness for us by living a perfect life. And despite all the righteousness that he did, in fact, earn, Jesus was the one who chose to go to the cross and hang there in our place, suffering all the condemnation that we deserved, and from the cross extend his arms out of love for us, 
handing us everything that we could never earn on our own. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And it is finished. We are unable to handle everything in this world. And and so we don't try to tell others, and maybe more importantly, we don't try to tell ourselves that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. We already have more than we can handle. With all the trials and temptations in our lives, those of our own making, as well as those that come from just living life in this world. Some people have mentioned that here at Christ our King, that we are going through a difficult season as a congregation, as a family of faith. The various setbacks and afflictions and hospitalizations and and losses of lives that we have experienced recently in this congregation. And that's been quite true. But we know that our Savior died on the cross for us and then rose again on the third day. And so what that means is that we here at Christ our King, we are people of hope, certain hope for our future, hope not of ourselves, Hope not because we are able to handle things. No, hope because God is faithful. And hope because God never gives us more than he can handle. Hope because he has already taken care of things for us. He has taken care of everything on account of what Christ has done for us. And we are blessed to know that as children of the Heavenly Father. So in your life, when you do find yourself overcome or overwhelmed or overtaken, as we all most certainly will at one point or another, in those moments, turn to Jesus and rest in his hope. Be comforted that we know that Jesus is coming back one day soon and will make everything right for all eternity. Everything will be perfectly healed and perfectly restored in him, including your own life. And until that day, as we await that day, when you do find yourself overwhelmed, simply ask Jesus to take it all for you, to forgive you, to strengthen you, And to comfort you, knowing that he is the one who is faithful. And so he will be faithful to do it. In his name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.